0: That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of The Sportster Show. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with Sportster.com. We are going to be talking all about the news and rumors in WWE and AEW this week. We're going to be covering some of the hot-button front-page news topics in the world of professional wrestling, covering everything from the cosmetic changes that might be happening in WWE with some of the titles and maybe the sets, The White Rabbit saga continues, we're all chasing this White Rabbit down the White Rabbit hole, we're not sure where it's leading, but we're getting a lot of teasers every week on WWE programming, which is a lot of fun. Soraya has returned to AEW, she cuts a promo on Wednesday and talks about the future of the women's division, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Goldberg has spoken up about his status with WWE, where he's at, how many matches does he have left, we're going to touch on that, and then of course, Candice LeRae has returned to Monday Night Raw. She will be part of the Raw active roster, which is great, but it also begs to questions of why now? Where was the surprise coming from? Uh, all that stuff we're going to be talking about on this week's episode. So thank you. We hope that you enjoy. Uh, don't forget, listen to this podcast, download, subscribe, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate it. Let's get to our conversation about all the hot-button topics in the world of professional wrestling. Enjoy the show. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to another edition of The Sportster Show. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here at Sportster.com. Norman Quarantin is on the other end. Norman, how are you? Hey, I'm good, man. Good. Good, good, good. Uh, We're going to be talking a little news and rumors today on The Sportster Show. This episode is going to be kind of covering some of the hot-button topics in both WWE and AEW. And uh, let's start with a little bit of WWE news. We talked about it last week. We alluded to it with the NXT Kind of the graphic and the Shawn Michaels narrated story about, you know, paying homage to the past, but also remembering the future. A little black and gold mixed with a little uh, whatever. Well, apparently NXT is not the only brand that is going to see some changes. We have seen the 2.0 disappear from the logo. We are hearing that there are new titles uh, being designed for WWE. There's also maybe rumors of changes to the look and feel and cosmetics of Raw and SmackDown. So let me get your take on this. If these things are accurate, if these things are true, and there's a lot of looks changes coming to all of these brands, what are you thinking? Uh, if you're a fan, um, well, I mean, f- from my own personal perspective,
2: I think that's I think it's it's um, probably probably good. Probably time to signal the sort of change uh, backstage, the sort of corporate changes with some aesthetic on screen changes. I do think that. I mean, it does does depend. I mean, I think it totally makes sense to change the way that some of the stuff's looking, um, but it also depends on how it ends up looking, right? We don't know. Could end up. I think it's unlikely that um, stuff's going to end up looking uglier than it does now, but um, you know, so I'm pretty hopeful. But you do, you never know. You never know. Is that because you don't like the look of the
1: current titles?
2: Yeah, I'll say the current titles. I I I pretty. I kind of hate them, to be honest with you. I don't mind the colors and that the actual like straps, but the. I just hate that massive WWE logo in the middle. I just find it so like bland and uncreative. I don't know. I've just, and I've never really been a big fan. I don't really like the tag
1: titles. Either. Oh, I like, can't stand those.
2: Yeah. The sil- they just, they're like, they look like, you know, silver coins. Like, yeah, there's like kind big of-
1: Trojan warriors facing each other with these lines down. There's no, like I prefer, I don't like the big WWE logo either, but I prefer that to these right. tag titles, which are so generically weird right um, they i don't even understand that and the red and blue is just so prominent when you yeah. have those bland silver you know whatever you want to call them on the front i hate those tag titles yeah They're i awful. hate them
2: too yeah so i really yeah so i mean if we are going to get a revamp of this and I, I think you know you do when you think of a title belt right you think of a sort of traditional sort of elegantly designed big gold pl- play you know with lots of intricate line work and stuff like that right um but i also think that even i think those are hard to nail too right i'm not saying that just because i hate those silver coins and the wwe logo belts that you know any anything that's more akin to say for example the AEW championship is going to be an improvement um so yeah you, you do gotta get that you gotta get the balance right i think there's some you know more from for modernity um but yeah, get some traditional stuff in there too. And whatever whatever they do, I'm sure will be better than what they currently have. Because I hate those tag titles and I hate the, I hate the main titles too. Um, yeah. I'm also, I also hate, I, I don't think they will change it, but I actually really despise the current Intercontinental title belt. I think it just looks like a toy. I don't know, I, I hate it.
1: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the upgrade. Like you, you mentioned, when you talk about changes and when I see you and me people in general, they always like, oh man, it's so worth changing they need to look a little and then they get what they get and they're like oh that's awful Mm, right so sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for and my next question was going to be if i'm assuming triple h is having a major say in what these titles will look like what do you think his mentality is is he traditional is he classic look is he where do you think he would be leaning with these belts i think if you look at the
2: nxt the championships in nxt you might get a little bit of a hint there um and they are i think basically look at the nxt uk title i think that's the kind of uh vibe that triple h prefers he's definitely prefers the more traditional style i i I mean look i don't i don't know for, for for certain this is all just you know my personal speculation but yeah we know what he's like we know that he's kind of very much into the old sort of old school style of wrestling right he's a big you know sort of harley race that kind of that kind of era um so yeah i feel like he's gonna i think th- yeah i think we might start getting some more get some traditional looking looking titles and maybe cause i think the nxt uk i think most people agree that the nxt uk title is like a really a really great looking title belt so yeah mm-hmm. maybe we'll get some stuff like that
1: yeah there's a lot going on with that one there's there's a logo on it but it's not huge uh, there's kind of a bunch of intricate designs around the logo. It's kind of mm-hmm. got that sort of classic. And the North American title is the same sort of thing, right? It really reminds me a little bit of the older uh, intercontinental titles and things like that. But would you would you consider bringing back old titles or are you just thinking, no, 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 WWE, they're a merchandising giant. They'll move on to something completely new.
2: Yeah, they should. Put, maybe they could do some something new that pays homage to some of the older designs, you know? Um everybody loves the, you know, the winged eagle title. So I'm not sure I'm sure there's a way to incorporate something like similar to that where you have the wings sort of sticking out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Obviously Triple H was I, I feel like he was a fan of the big gold belt, the big WCW championship that sort of became the WWE Heavyweight Championship.
1: Um so yeah, maybe we'll see something like that as well. What about the brands themselves? Like we saw a little bit of change over in NXT, but nothing too drastic. Now, I haven't kept a close eye on NXT since they announced that. Have they changed? And maybe you don't know either, but have they changed the look of the stage? Because the last show that I saw it was still kind of that tie dye, purpley, all those colors mixed together with the logo slightly changed. Are they slowly rolling out a new look or are they? You know- I think so. From what I saw,
2: mostly it
1: was. Um... So I actually didn't watch this week's
2: NXT, but from what I saw, it didn't look too different. I'm sure they might be it might be doing it sort of gradually, or maybe they've picked a uh, a specific time where they're going to go go all in with the the sort of throwback slash new new aesthetic.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that they they make that. We talked about it, right? We like the black and gold mixed with uh, maybe a little bit of the new and stuff like that. But they still got all those bright colors going on, the purples and things like that. Uh, So we'll see if they make a change. What about Raw and SmackDown? Like, I'm assuming they're going to have red and blue brands and that's going to stay. But what can you change? Are we talking, do you think full scale, like set changes where the entry ramps are way different Mm -hmm. and the screens look different? Because usually when they change sets, they change them up in a major way.
2: Yeah. I feel like they didn't, I feel like they changed them not that long ago, but yeah, obviously, you know, back in the day, we used to get different sets and different stages for every pay-per-view. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it made every pay-per-view feel very special. It really added some sort of gravitas to, to the, to the monthly pay-per-views that they were doing. And then, um, you know, at some point, I don't know, maybe 10, 10, or more years ago, they just kind of stopped that and just used a standard stage. And then we're just sort of, it was led. They had a lot of like led screens, so for they would sort of change the uh change the lighting and some of the display stuff to to match the sort of theme of the pay-per-view and then you'd get some you know accoutrements here and there but for the most part they just use the same same set so um which obviously i, I guess is saving was saving them a bunch of money so i'm sure that's a smart business decision and i doubt that will go back to you know designing a brand new stage for every paper for every premium live event from from now on but yeah i think um I mean, I wouldn't mind it i'd like to see I'd like to see something new. I think it's good to mix it up every now and then um yeah, and then, as regards to branding, I'm sure they I'm sure they won't be changing the color scheme or anything, but you know you could have a little little tweak of a logo here and there
1: mm i I bet you if this catches wind and people are like, oh yeah, they are actually changing it it becomes official that they are doing that. I wonder how many people will call for the smackdown fist, right the one that brings to come yeah, like people yeah. really like that one. I don't think it'll ever happen, but Uh, Yeah,
2: they still have that in storage or something. Yeah, I was going to say, it's still a warehouse.
1: We've seen Mm -hmm. it on some of those A&E, you know, find my whatever they call those things, uh, untold stories or the hidden merchandise where they go out and they look for stuff. Every once in a while, you'll see that fist kicking around. Well, it'll be interesting to see how much uh, this changes, how much of Triple H's influence is a part of this. Uh, Final question before we move on. Do you think this is being initiated by Triple H? Like that he is just saying, you know what, I'm coming in and I'm changing everything. Or do you think this was something they were already planning to do? Um I would I would think this
2: hat this has is mostly to do with the sort of regime change, if you will. And I'm sure Nick Khan is uh approving everything and supportive of everything. I think um we talk I think Nick Khan, you know, we talked we talked a lot about this in the past on on the site and in Slack and on the podcast. He's you know he's a very business minded person. Um he I and I think that Vince McMahon's departure. I feel like Nick Khan had some had, had was kind of behind the scenes kind of uh facilitating that to an extent because he knew he knew it was gonna be a big a bit he was gonna it was gonna sort of change the 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 fortunes of the business to an extent, right? He he I think he knew that um people who were getting bored of WWE or who thought the product was stale or who were sick of the way things had been going in terms of booking. I think Nick Khan was smart enough to know that you know Vince McMahon was uh was the the guy uh doing all of that. So I'm sure he he didn't do anything to uh, you know, he I'm sure he wasn't persuade trying to persuade Vince McMahon to stay. Um so yeah, I, I feel like Nick Khan is also kind of ushering in this new era, Stephanie too, and alongside Triple H. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, triple H it feels like Triple H is going up to Nick Khan and being like, hey man, can we, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? I think we should do this. And Nick Khan is kind of being like, yep, love it. Let's do it. We've got to mark this new, this new era of WWE.
1: Okay, well, that's a really good transition to where I wanted to go next because we have been seeing over the past few weeks now this White Rabbit teaser. When we talked last about this on the show, we sort of assumed that the original vignette or clue that we were given in the QR code would lead us to uh, reveal on S- September 23rd SmackDown episode. That came and went. Nothing happened other than another QR code, which led us to another teaser Animes, mm. and these teasers have continued now mm. you talk about you know nikon and triple h having influence here and being happy enough to usher vince mcmahon out the door in the past when we've ever seen things like this we wound up with the gobbledygooker right like that was right. vince mcmahon's way of doing things this has really caught attention this is something that fans are buzzing over uh you know, maybe pun intended there. Um, they are really getting involved in following this white rabbit around on his adventures and things like that. Most people believe this is going to be Bray Wyatt. Nobody seems to know when this is going to happen. If it happens at a pay-per-view or a live event, we assume extreme rules, which is coming up here. I think what on October 2nd or 8th or something, October 8th. Um, But it looks like it's going to be Wyatt. It could be other things. I'm going to ask you first, before we get into what you think this is, what do you make of this you know way that they're presenting this to the world like the qr codes the teasers the having to hunt this stuff down kind of the you know immersive experience of the white rabbit and whatever this is going to lead to what are you thinking about this uh
2: i think it's you know i think it's fun i think it's um i think it's a cool way to to get people engaged sort of an interactive um scavenger hunt if you will i think it's you know certainly got no complaints really i do think that they really need to follow through on the on this in a big way um like you said we don't want to get no gobbledygooker situation going on so hopefully they they, they do have something big in the pipeline for this uh yeah i think it's fun i th- think it's cool um i am glad i think you remember last week i i wasn't able to watch smackdown live because i was at the
1: movie theater mm-hmm. and uh, boy am i glad i i went to the movie theater <laughs> <laughs> i know i tuned in hoping to see something and what we ended up getting was the end of a Kieran cross your McIntyre match leading into mm. a commercial which which threw everybody off but i will say this i thought when that happened people were going to be really mad and they weren't because there right. was another teaser and people forgot very quickly that they had promised or at least teased that they were going to do something at 9 23 p.m and Mm. that just left people's you know consciousness and they were just immersed in whatever was next Mm -hmm. and that's been really interesting to see because wwe has not done a lot of this type of stuff but it's to me it's ingenious because it forces you to watch the whole show it forces you like there was one point they put the qr code up during a commercial break like you have to stay tuned to everything and you you can't miss it and if you do you feel sort of left out that you don't know what's going on. Yes, there's social media, and yes, you can hop on Twitter and somebody's going to post that video or that teaser or the code, but you kind of don't want to be the one late to the party on this, right? Yeah. You're watching, you want to see what you see, you want to discover it on your own before you're told what it is. And then you want to try to figure out the clues. And it's just really, really fun. I am with you 100% though, here that they cannot you know, let people down with this, especially if they're going to drag it out, like they've been dragging it out. If mm-hmm. you're going to build this, by the way, they're super smart about this. Merchandise t-shirts, things are already on sale. Like you can buy all this white rabbit stuff. Uh, so the longer that they drag this out, the more money they potentially can make until they mm-hmm. reveal what it is. Can this be anything but Bray Wyatt at this point and not be a letdown? um honestly probably not i mean there might they
2: if it is something it's something sort of that i can't really conceive of um
1: so like a yeah brand think, new talent that's debuting for the first time that yeah, we're all like, what the heck is that
2: yeah something like that um yeah some kind of announcement that we we haven't really considered but yeah i think it does has to, i think it pretty much has to be has to be bray Wyatt. i don't know how this i don't know maybe people I don't think it's it's going to be a good way to kick off the Triple H era with a with you know a glorified rick roll. So um, yeah, it would be it would be it would be uh, beneficial
1: if it was actually Bray. Yeah, and from what I understand, there is a figure out there, an action figure of Bray Wyatt that you can buy that has like a magic hat, like a top hat and a cape and stuff. And they just mm. released it. It's a brand new action figure, um, a mm. WWE Superstars figure. Hmm. i don't know why you would put that out there interesting if, yeah if it isn't right and he <laughs> has dressed sort of like this before in the firefly hot funhouse stuff so uh yeah i mean i guess this this new action figure i shouldn't say is new as of right now from what i understand it was going to be released or was released just prior to him being uh, released as the budget cut right, so yeah. this was in the works back then so I okay. don't know if that means anything for now. I don't know if mm-hmm. it confirms that Bray Wyatt has signed a deal, but man, the arrows sure are pointing all the way to that. Uh, do you think it's extreme rules that we see this? Um, I would hope so. I mean, that's the next premium live event.
2: Um, yeah, I feel like a character, I, you know, I feel like ideally it would be one of the bigger pay-per-views, you know, one of the bigger premium live events, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, something like that. But um, I mean, Survivor Series isn't that far away, is it? So maybe, maybe, maybe they push it back to then. But um, yeah, hope, maybe Extreme Rules. Maybe we get,
1: it, maybe we get the actual reveal at Extreme Rules, and then we get a match at Survivor Series or something. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, speaking of when we might ever get our first matcher, let's move on to Soraya Page, who is now with All Elite Wrestling AEW. She's officially elite. She was on Dynamite this week and talked about, and you can be more specific to it because you saw the full segment. Uh, a new era beginning. A lot of people assuming here that Soraya signing with AEW means that she was probably going to wrestle, but there are now reports that that is not necessarily accurate, that she has not been medically cleared to perform and that she is a part of the company, but there is no indication yet that she will ever be able to actually have a match in okay. AEW.
2: Hmm. So,
1: having learned that and listening to her promo on Wednesday, what do you make of the Soraya signing for AEW? Is this anything worth really talking about if she never ends up wrestling well i think she will wrestle I, I
2: i just think she will um i i genuinely don't think that um uh well in the in her promos she meant she she said something she said um she she referenced being damaged but not broken um and she said that you know she said that that's she she said the reason i'm here is because i will create change in this division which i mean we i'll get into the intricacies of of the you know the verbiage and the the wording of her promo in a minute because it's actually it was actually uh kind of kind of stupid um but yeah i do think she will i do think she will wrestle eventually i think she's she needs i think maybe she needs to just rest up a little bit more maybe she's working out maybe she's um maybe she's you know get maybe she's training uh something like that i maybe she hasn't been cleared maybe but maybe she's confident maybe they're confident that she will be cleared right um so yeah i just think the way they have brought her in and the way that they've been the way that they've been so cagey about stuff i think to me just points to the fact to that she's going to wrestle eventually um i think if she if that wasn't the case they would have just said like look, look we brought her in as an executive or a producer or a trainer or whatever right and she's gonna manage talent on screen you know she's gonna be like jake the snake or whatever um so, yeah, I do think she will ultimately wrestle. Now, the promo itself, I mean, it was a little bit uh, awkward. She could tell she hadn't been on a mic in front of the crowd for a long time, which was true. It was cute in a way. She was very happy to be back there. Um, she definitely sort of stumbled over some of her words a little bit. And uh, I feel... But But regardless of that, I feel like the promo in itself, which, you know, had obviously... Um, I don't know how much of it was her and how much of it was uh, sort of, you know, Tony Khan and and the pals at B uh, telling her what to say. The whole segment was just kind of silly. Um, it, it kind of made it, the, the way she came out and talked about, you know, she's going to create change and she was, she said, you know, she referenced being the revolution at WWE. She said she's going to be the re- a revolution in AEW, which I don't know, to me, that's just like, it, it just feels like AEW kind of taking advantage of the fact that people are are not fully satisfied with the way they book their women's division and then just kind of trying to have their cake and eat it too by turning it into like an angle or like a storyline or having Paige come along and you know having soraya come along and be like you know I fixed WWE I made WWE's women's division so I'm going to do make AEW's women's division which kind of I feel it's kind of offensive to the women who have been there for the last three years, trying their hardest to build a division with the, with the very little T limited TV time that they have. Um, so, yeah, I found this segment kind of awkward. And then there was like, a um, you know, she, she made, she made the, the match between. Um, uh, she made that she made the women's match, a, 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 a lumberjack match, just because there was, two groups of, of women out there, one of whom she had brought out there. And then the other one was, was, you know, Britt Baker's Britt Baker's team that had come out. Um, it was Serena Deeb and, and Tony Storm, by the way that she, she turned into a, a lumberjack match. Yeah. The whole thing was just kind of awkward and uh, could have been, could have been handled a lot better. I think.
1: There was a lot of stuff on Wednesday's dynamite from what I saw where it felt very unlike AEW where they plan their matches out in advance. and They pre-promote them a week or two before the show, there was a lot of this like impromptu uh, action on Wednesday. Right. And that partly was
2: because of the hurricane in Florida where a lot of their talent are based. Um, so I th- I feel like there was some improvising and some sort of making up as they go along happening. It was a much weaker episode than we've seen. They they set the bar so high sometimes that sometimes, I mean, it wasn't even a terrible episode. It was, it was a pretty average episode, I would say. But because they set the bar so high, it made it feel... Worse, I think the main event was that was brilliant. I loved the main event between Chris Jericho and Bandito. That was a really good match. I actually liked the opening segment. I think I don't think everyone liked it as much as I did, but I thought it was a really. It, what there were things about it I didn't like. Right, it was a celebration. It was the Jericho Appreciation Society mm-hmm. celebrating Chris Jericho's Ring of Honor title win. Uh, Jericho sort of bragged about being Ring of Honor champion and then in the same breath uh, do, sort of d- demeaned, demeaned Ring of Honor by saying that nobody knows what it is. Yeah, I, I uh, caught
1: that too. I thought, mm, I wonder if that's what you want to be saying. but Right, yeah, because he's, try- he's obviously trying to be a heel or whatever, but you got to
2: um, yeah, don't be belittling the that brand that tony khan is trying to get a tv deal for you know
1: well Um, and he's the first one to come out and say and i've heard him say it many times is that when you're cutting a promo with somebody in the ring and you're standing across from your future opponent you're not supposed to run that person down because then if you mm -hmm. beat them it's like you beat nobody
2: right right that's it
1: that's always been his argument you can't run them down because the second that you beat them all you can say is that you beat a nobody that Mm -hmm. nobody that, that person didn't have the talent to keep up with you and you you should have won right Mm. so you're supposed to talk up your opponent you would think he'd take the same mentality when it comes to something like ring of honor if he's wearing the belt that he should try to talk up the promotion and -hmm. just say you know what you guys are going to learn what this promotion is all about why it's good blah 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 blah, uh, and why i should be the Mm -hmm. the title holder things like that but for whatever reason he he chose to go the other way and just kind of trash the promotion and make it sound like garbage but uh, maybe he was doing that to uh to get under the, the skin of daniel garcia too who knows right because yeah. he's holding a title and he values it mm-hmm. do you think the sports entertainment thing that chris jericho does is losing its value i, I just just um, popped, this question just popped into my head because triple h having taken over wwe is really not focused on the sports entertainment part of it right he's really turned it more into a very strong in-ring wrestling product so chris jericho's sports entertainment you know, we're sports entertainers, we're not rest. That doesn't hit home when you don't have WWE really pushing that they're a sports entertainment company.
2: Yeah, it's definitely getting a bit stale, and it wasn't even super. It wasn't really, you know, I don't think, I don't really think it had the impact that he wanted it to for the beginning. I think he thought, you know, it was a bit like, um I don't know, it was a bit childish, really. Like, I'm all, I'm all for the companies like, referencing each other and and slagging each other off or whatever but it was yeah it was just a little bit lame and it's still and it's not getting any less lame so Yeah. yeah i almost forgot that that was like part of the shtick until he referenced sports entertainers yesterday and i was like oh we're still doing this thing okay
1: yeah i understand initially why he did it because he wanted to anger he is a heel he wanted to anger the AEW fan base who believes that they watch this program because it's so strong a wrestling program and that if he can be the opposite of what these fans really love they'll hate him Right. Mm-hmm. So I get that. I also get that he was probably taking a shot at WWE. I just was curious to see if you figured with the changes in WWE recently and how much they are focused on their in-ring product, mm. at the sports entertainment part of what they do, which will always be there. It just mm-hmm. really hasn't been front and center. So the, the insult doesn't quite hit home uh, like it used to.
2: Yeah, it's definitely not landing. I don't think, but like I like I said, I don't think it was ever really landing. So I don't think, and I, even if even if WWE was still even if Vince was still in charge and they were still hammering home the sports entertainment thing. I don't know. It's still like, I get that you're trying to be a heel and you're trying to wind up the, the, the sort of hardcore AEW fans. But like, if you think sports entertainment stuff is lame, then I don't know why you would want to label yourself as, as a sports entertainer, regardless of whether you're trying to heal it up or, or not. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just not really, it's not really working, but you know, I mean, hopefully there'll be a payoff soon, but Daniel Garcia, I mean, I love Daniel Garcia. I think he's been, I actually think he's been really great the last few weeks. I've liked his mic work. Um, Obviously his in-ring work is brilliant too, but yeah, so I am looking forward to seeing how this, how this storyline pays off. You know, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit hokey. Will they won't, you know, will they, won't they, who's he going to choose kind of thing. But um, the, all, all the players involved are, are entertaining enough to to make it enjoyable for me at least
1: yeah um that brings us to the next topic which i think is a good transition because we're talking about sports entertainment and maybe not the strongest wrestlers let's switch to goldberg who was on wwe's the bump recently and said he has no more matches left on his current contract with wwe but he has no intention of retiring That he's building a massive gym in a warehouse or something on his property and that he's going to stay in shape and he's calling people out and It sounds like he intends to come back. Now, I don't know if WWE is interested in having him back, if Triple H is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they were to bring him back, that would be a sports entertainment play because Goldberg has proven over and over again that he is not the guy you put in the ring if you want to showcase a very strong wrestling product. Would you bring Goldberg back if you were WWE? Maybe he's still got something on his contract, but it isn't to wrestle again unless they sign a new contract with him. Would you do it? Um,
2: I think there are ways that he can be utilized that I don't know that I I don't, I don't think people are buying tickets to see Goldberg in 2022, but I think there are ways in which he can be utilized that are beneficial to WWE. And I think that that does involve, uh, spear, Jackhammer pin, right? Um, now I think the... Saudi Arabia shows I think those I think those fans are probably more into uh seeing Goldberg <laughs> wrestle than uh than then we are here in the states because we, you know we we got to see him wrestle there was a time when we got to see him wrestle like fairly often whereas they didn't so they're getting their fill of Goldberg in 2022 um so you know maybe he'll be on the crown jewel the crown jewel card um obviously that didn't go so well <laughs> It was when when he wrestled the Undertaker, but I think given the right opponent, I think you can get like a semi decent match, not maybe not semi decent, but you can get like a passable match where Goldberg does all his big spots and the, you know the crowd is 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 happy about it. I think you can still get that out of him at, even at his age. So yeah, I don't think. I mean, look, and we still got to get the payoff to this Riddle feud, right? This real life feud he's had with Matt Riddle that's been going on for literally four or five years now. Um, So, yeah, I don't think he's done in the ring. Um, I think he said, yeah, I think he'll just maybe just do a match, you know, match-to-match contract from now on or something like that. Um, Yeah, he'll get a big payday out of it. And I'm sure, you know, like I said, I don't think people are buying tickets to see him, but I'm sure that they probably get their money's worth out of him.
1: I'll tell you that if I had to put money down on it right now and Goldberg was to come back to WWE, the person I would put him in the ring with is Chad Gable. Uh, Mm. That is what excuse me what wwe seems to be doing with alpha academy right they're setting it up with braun Strowman. they could do the same with goldberg chad gable shushing goldberg would be gold mm-hmm. and goldberg coming back and spearing the living bejesus out of chad gable would be the pop moment right mm-hmm. that's it's less about goldberg coming back and more about chad gable getting his after shushing goldberg right like that would be really entertaining to me, but it falls right in line with what you're talking about here, where you're not really putting a match together. You're just sort of going, we just want to see him." spear jackhammer pin. It's over. It doesn't hurt Chad Gable in the least because he's fine. Win or lose. He's Chad Gable. Uh, same thing. Even with Otis, you can put it two for one in there. If you wanted to, there will be arguments of people who are like, why would you do that to elf Academy? But that's kind of what they're there for. That's what the Miz yeah. is there for. That's what those people are there for. Uh, even Dolph Ziggler's to take those types of matches and make that other person look really good just to pop the crowd for one night. So if I had to put money on it now and Goldberg was coming back to Chad Gables, the guy I'm putting him with uh, last uh, section, last topic for today, the Candace LeRae return. Were you surprised by this? I don't know why I was surprised because of Johnny Gargano's return, but I was, I just was kind of like, huh, that's quick. Like, Mm-hmm. They just had Quill, I, I guess not just had, but he's not very old. Right, and, yeah. you know, she still was kind of at home and they were doing their thing. And yeah. she just popped up on Raw, kind of yeah. like Johnny Gargano did. And she looks to be very active on. Yeah. She had a match. She's going to have a match this coming Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a lot going on and she's going to be there. What looks to be on a regular basis. So mm-hmm. we're kind of surprised by that. Uh,
2: I was surprised. I was surprised that nobody knew that it was happening ahead of time. I certainly didn't see, um, maybe there were a few reports out there. I didn't see any. Yeah. Um, I didn't see a hint. Yeah. So I think they, it was good that they kept that under wraps. Um, she, I think her turnaround from, from, you know, just giving birth not that long ago to now getting back in the ring, I think is very, very impressive. And I think speaks to what a sort of phenomenal, you know, just athlete and performer that she is. Um I'm glad she's there. And I think that even if she's not going to be the, you know, the top woman of the, of the WWE women's division, I think just her presence there is very, very important to some of the younger, more up and coming uh, female superstars there because, you know, she's been around the block. She's very, very experienced. Um, She also just has, you know, she's just, she's, she's just a very accomplished and very talented and very well regarded well respected female wrestler and i think that she's an asset to to anywhere that she is um and yeah like i said it obviously helps that her husband is also there um they can take quill on the road with them together now um maybe that was you know johnny i don't know if johnny gargano was like hey i'm gonna come back but you gotta bring candace back to you i don't think he would need to do that because i think triple h has enough respect and, and admiration for candace to bring her back by himself um
1: but yeah i think it's cool yeah no i was pleasantly surprised by that i'm glad that uh, that she was able to come back. She is interested in coming back, that she is not deciding to hang it up. Now, there was no, I guess, indication or official announcement of any kind when they both left NXT that they were both going to be done with wrestling. But it it mm-hmm. sounded kind of like Johnny Gargano wasn't totally sure. Yeah. So that led me to immediately believe that Candice Leary was probably not coming back. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why I was mostly surprised by that. I was like, wow, that's really quick. Wow, she yeah. looks like she's going to do this on a regular basis. Cool, but... I didn't see it coming. So, yeah, uh, very, very happy for both of them that they get the chance to continue to do this, that it's working out for them. I, obviously, if they're both going to be on the road, that they figured out how they want to do this and it yeah. works for them. And that's, that's really, really cool.
2: And what I will say is this as well what we're seeing, right? We're seeing some people come to the main roster who haven't really, who haven't properly been on the main roster before. Like under, under Triple H's regime now, we're seeing, you know, the likes of Johnny Gargano, Candice Luray um uh dexter loomis right we're seeing these people from who 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 had mostly only been on nxt appear on raw on primetime tv on the main on the flagship show and they're getting reactions they're getting big crowd reactions and i think for the longest time we there was a really big disconnect for a long time where we had these we had these huge stars in nxt who were getting like huge huge reactions and they were selling out arenas they were getting massive pops um and for whatever reason vince was always too scared to pull the trigger on them or would bring them up and treat them like jobbers right um but what we're seeing under triple h is that you know a little bit more a little bit more sort of i think triple h is treating the fans with a little bit more respect and you know I think he he's more aware than Vince was that that you know a lot of the fans just because they don't watch NXT every single week or they didn't watch NXT every single week doesn't mean they don't know who these people are Mm -hmm. so W I think we're, we're finding out that WWE fans they WWE fans you know they like they like wrestling so that's why people like Candice and Johnny and Dexter Loomis are getting are getting reactions from the crowd
1: yeah and you know what I find when they reference the history of these people from nxt they're mm-hmm. they're kind of in a way thanking the fans for watching nxt you yeah. know like because not everybody does and not everybody knows that product very well, but the ones who do it's an insult to them when you bring up that nXt star who you've invested some time in and you really enjoyed, and all of a sudden they're a completely different name, a completely different character, and they've thrown away that entire history it thanks the NXT fan for being an NXT fan because they get to go along on the ride with these people and yeah. they move up to the main roster. Like, Oh my God, that's Canvas Ray from NXT. Oh my gosh. That's the original carrying cross. Like there's just a sort of a level of, like you said, respect and appreciation for the fact that, you know, these, these fans have stuck with these guys. They've watched them on a number of different programs and they've mm-hmm. followed their journeys to where they are now. And I think That's not a bad idea. Even if it doesn't hit the entire market and some of these fans don't know who these people are very well, the ones who do will help educate the others.
2: Yeah. And then Michael Cole actually referenced PWG on commentary a
1: few weeks ago. Yeah, he's been been doing that a lot lately. He's been really talking history of of wrestling, which it must have been a thing that they weren't doing before that they've now been given the green light to do because it's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I'm waiting for a a Super Dragon reference, but... um...
1: Yeah, I won't hold my breath, but if it does happen, I'll be very happy. <laughs> oh, it'll happen. It, it's yeah. just a matter <laughs> of what the right environment to, to get that in there, to sneak that in yeah. will be, right? That'll be really <laughs> yeah. cool. All right, well, let's leave it for uh, this week here, Norman. Uh, that was fun. A good conversation just to kind of keep listeners up to speed on what the biggest stories in the world of wrestling are right now. Obviously, we probably missed a couple of things, but... There's not necessarily room for everything. And that's why we have another show coming up here uh, in a few days to a week or whatever. But I thank you for coming back on for everybody else. This has been another edition of the Sportster Show brought to you by thesportster.com. Don't forget, download, subscribe, listen to it on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It would greatly help us out. And we will talk to you next time. Until then, take care, everybody.